Woo! Man, let's go. Come on, put your hands together. Let's go. Give you an elbow bump. There we go. Hey, I want you to turn around. Say hello to somebody. You don't got to shake their hands. You can bump them, fist them up, dab them up, hug them. Let's go. Let's go. Woo! Guys, great job. Come on, girl. Let's go. Dean, crushed it, baby. Let's go. I'm so proud of you guys. Y'all killing it every time. Well, good morning. How's everybody doing? Man, oh man, I'm excited. I want to share... I want to share something, two things with you, and then I want to preach. But I need you to be here for it. You with me? Because what I'm going to share is important. So I'm going to sit down because I never sit down. So uh, we are moving. No, I'm just kidding. I'm teasing. I'm just, no one laughs. That's good. That means you love me. No one said, thank you, Jesus. No, I want to share two things. Number one, here's the deal. We're going to be moving. Anybody know where? Me neither. Me neither. <laughs> You know, sometimes as a leader, as a leader, it doesn't mean you got all the answers. As a leader, I know this, that I will always, at some point, at some place, I will always be uncertain, and I'm certain of it. Sometimes I think we think we got to have all the answers, and I think when, sometimes when it gets close, I think God just allows us to press in even more. You with me? So I don't have all the answers. Now, we've been doing our due diligence. And as you can see, the lobby, you know, it's, it's kind of like we're, we're getting squeezed here, right? Well, good news. This is our last Sunday here. And we're going to be moving. We're going to be moving. Um, MB Cook is really close. Um, looks like that's where we're going to be headed, but it's not nailed down just yet. But what I do know, what I do know is God's going to provide a place. God's going God's gonna to provide a place. God's got it. I'm not worried about it. My nails are short, but not because they're chewed. I clipped them too short. So I don't want anyone tripping. Uh, God's got this. God's got us. So take heart. I'm not worried. I'm actually excited. You know why? Because where God guides, God always provides. And I feel God guiding us. And here's the cool thing. God, God is, you know how you like new? You know how you like new? God also likes new. There's, there's a new smell to a new car. Isn't that right? There's no smell to a new house. There's, I mean, it's good things. And God, God likes new. And so the truth is, um, God is leading us from here. So we went from inside, right, the, the bigger theater to here in this room. And uh, we showed up today. And I want to say thank you to all the volunteers. Navarre, thank you, every volunteer. Thank you, every volunteer. Blackwater, thank you, every volunteer. Pensacola, thank you, every volunteer. Y'all showed up this morning, and y'all had to get creative. Because the truth is, there's tile. See the pipe and drape where it's not normally there? There's all kinds of construction stuff. And, and I'm happy for PLT. They're, they're renovating. And so we're going to bump out. We're going to relocate. And then the plan currently is we're going to come back here into a brand new renovated theater. That's the plan. We'll see if that plan works out. That's the first thing I want you to know. Second thing I want you to know is we are packing out the Sanger Theater. We have 4,000 seats, which are 4,000 opportunities, which I'm praying for 1,000 1, souls, that 1,000 people will cross that line of faith and say, I want Jesus to be my Savior. I believe that. Do you believe? I believe. Now, now, now we just sang a song about belief. Do you believe? Or does that sound crazy? Because God, God, God uses small things, but here's the cool thing. God can take something small, and God can use it for something really big. 
And so you're one invite today at lunch. The back of your car as you're driving all over the 850. The digital billboard, the mail, all these things, right? The banner. Do you see the banner in downtown? Doesn't that look good? It looks so good. Like God can use all of that. And I'm praying. Now, this week was my birthday. And uh, they say, someone said, hey, shorty, it's your birthday. I said, I already know. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I already know. But um, I was given a gift from our staff and deacons, and it's, it's a counter. It's a counter. It's like a clock, but it's a counter. And every time someone comes to Christ, um, it goes up. And so that number was like 5,100 and something people. So over 5,100 people. That's 5,100 for those of us. They've crossed the line of faith. They've stepped across since we started this church. Over 5,000. That's significant, man. Are you kidding me? I love that. I'm super pumped about it. And so when they presented it to me, I said, guys, let's just turn this five into a six. Right after Christmas Eve. Let's see a thousand people. Would you pray that with me? I'm going to pray right now. Jesus, God, we pray you would pack out the singer twice. Pack it out at four. Pack it out at six. God, help us not just to come, but God, help us to remember the one that needs you. God, help us to invite the one. God, help us to ask the one to to come sit with us, God. May we give you a place to put the blessing. God, may we give you an opportunity, Lord, to, to show us how you can work in people's hearts that we don't even think you can work in because they're so far, they're so cold, they're so hard. God, do miracle upon a miracle. I'm asking for at least a 1,000 Christmas Eve to cross the line of faith. And God, we will... Boast only in the Lord Jesus. We'll give you all the honor and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Good stuff. So I think that's the vision. So we're not going to be here. This is our last Sunday here. So if you come here next Sunday, you're going to be preaching. You're going to be leading the worship. Nobody's going to be here. So, all right. So I'm super excited, though. And then we're coming together at the beach. I want you to get the app. Would you do this? Would you get the app on your phone? Momentum Church. You know, when I grew up in church, we had what we called somebody old school tell me. Bulletins. We had bulletins. And you walked into church, they gave you a bulletin. You said, thank you very much. If you didn't get a bulletin, you made sure you got a bulletin. Because we didn't have technology. And so we leveraged the bulletins to communicate what was happening. We do that on our website. We do that on the app. So we all got apps. Raise your hand if you got an app on your phone. Hold your hand up if you got the Momentum Church app on your phone. So we expected a lot of downloads today. Right? So you can know where we're at. You can know what's up. That's what I want to ask you to do. Now, let's catch up. We've been in the longest chapter of the New Testament. Anybody remember? Luke 1. Longest chapter of the New Testament. And Luke 1 sets the stage for Luke 2. But so many times at Christmas time, we jump into Luke 2, but we never get the context of Luke 1. And Luke 1 is phenomenal. In fact, we've been there the last two weeks, and we're going to finish there today. 80 verses in Luke chapter 1. 80 verses in Luke chapter 1. And today, we're going to pick up right where we finished in worship. You said it. Someone tell me. I believe it. You said it. It's done. Here's what's interesting. If we take a sneak peek into the Old Testament, we find that God an angel goes to someone named Abraham 
and he makes this promise, this covenant with Abraham, and he tells him that your seed will be great, that your sons and daughters will be more than the sand at Pensacola Navarre Beach. It's a lot. It's going gonna, it's gonna to continue and continue and continue. And, and Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him, credited to him, imputed to him as righteousness. But when Abraham, we'll call him Abe, when Abe got back to Sarah and he told, he told her, hey, you're going to have a, <laughs> you're going to get pregnant. God told me through an angel. She's like, I want to talk to that angel right now because I'm old and I'm not having a baby. In fact, she laughed. But later they gave birth to a, a boy named Isaac, which means laughter. So God did a miracle in the Old Testament and Sarah laughed. In Luke chapter 1, there's an angel. He appears to Mary, but before he appears to Mary, he appears to Zechariah, who is married to Elizabeth, who is going to give birth to John the Baptist, John the Baptizer. John was going to precede Jesus, and Mary and Elizabeth were cousins, which means that Jesus and John the Baptizer, John the Baptist, they were at least second cousins. And this angel's name was? Gabriel, and Gabriel means strength of God, might of God, power. Yes, you all get an A. And so Gabriel appears, and Gabriel appears to the husband, to Zechariah, who's getting ready to walk into church. He's getting ready to step in, and he's going to pray. There's a benedict that he's supposed to give, but when the angel tells him what's going to happen, he's like, doesn't believe. Anyone ever been there where you didn't believe? I'm the only one, me and a guy in the back. Anyone ever not believe God? Anyone ever doubted God? Anyone ever struggled with the tension of something God was doing in your life? Raise your hand. All right, that's good. See, there's movement. It's good. So, so Zacharias told, hey, your wife, y'all been praying for decades to have a, 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 a child, and congratulations, <laughs> it's time. Can't you imagine Zechariah? He's like, I mean, his jaw just drops. He's like, and he doesn't believe. Why doesn't he believe? Same reason Sarah didn't, because they were old. Luke chapter 1, verse 37 is really the, the key verse because it tells us that with God, nothing shall be impossible. And Sarah laughed. What did Sarah do? That's right, the interaction. Y'all talk to me. I preach shorter. Sarah, Sarah laughed. Zechariah doubted. He doubted. And because he doubted, the angel said, watch this. The angel said, you're not going to be able to talk for nine months. How you like me now? <laughs> Isn't that awesome? That's awesome. And Zechariah goes. And the angel goes, peace out. And the angel leaves. Now Zechariah is to open, and he's to come in. He's supposed to say a prayer. He's in the Holy of Holies. Now he's supposed to stand. He was standing for the people in the presence of God, and now he's supposed to stand in the presence of the people for God, and he's supposed to get out there, and he's supposed to pray. And he goes straight into that game. What do we call it? Trades. There's a couple different names. Trades. That's one of them. And he's trying, and all the people are like, they're guessing. He's like, they're like, ah, uh, ah, uh, you know, angel, you know, 
and uh, he can't talk for nine months. And Sarah, what did she do? Sarah laughed, and Zechariah doubted, but Mary believed. Mary didn't ask if it would happen when the angel Gabriel, same angel, might strength of God, appeared to her. She didn't ask, like, I don't believe this is this. Is this really going to happen? She didn't ask the question. She asked, how will this happen? So even though, and by the way, let's come over here. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit, right, worked in the womb so that Sarah could conceive. Is that a miracle? In the New Testament, Sarah, or excuse me, Old Testament, in the New Testament, angel shows up, Gabriel Right? He says, hey, this is what God says is going to happen. And when God says it's going to happen, guess what, guys? It's going to happen. And so now he says, hey, I know old age, y'all prayed all these years, all these decades. You know, by now you should be great, great, great parents. But congratulations, <laughs> your wife's getting pregnant. And a miracle happened. And so the same God that can do a miracle in the Old Testament and work in a womb so that a baby life can come out of what was dead is the same God who in the New Testament can do the same thing. And now it's the same God who appears, right, through the angel. Gabriel's dispatched. The strength and the might of God. And he appears to Mary, a lowly, lonely servant girl. She wasn't wealthy. She was engaged. But she had found favor in the eyes of God. And the angel tells her, you are going to have a child, a son. His name will be Jesus. He's going to save his people from their sins. Not only are you going to have a child, but this isn't man's child. This is God's child. This is the miracle of the incarnation. This is God, the Holy Spirit, the power of Almighty God, the Spirit of Almighty God is going to touch you in your womb and you through the power and promise which was prophesied will receive the present and the present will be the Prince of Peace and you will become pregnant with your Savior. And He will save His people from their sins. And not only that, but we will fulfill the Davidic covenant which was given to David that his throne would last forever, right? Because as a king, you wanted to have a son and then hopefully that son, the wine, you know, taster, like didn't take him out and, and the other people that were jealous didn't take him out. And so hopefully your son would be king and, uh, you know, could be the firstborn. Let's see how your behavior is. But you wanted your name to continue. And David, who fought Goliath, was promised that one day, his future relative would sit on the throne of David and his kingdom would last forever and there would be no end to his reign. So the angel says, you're going to have Jesus. That He's a boy. He's coming. He's going to save. He's the savior of the world. He's coming for people. Um, and this is going to be through the Holy Ghost. This is not going to be through Joseph. This is not going to be through sexual relations. This is going to be through a divine encounter. For the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. I got topped. God's going to hover over you. And 
His kingdom will last forever and his kingdom will never, ever, ever end. Now, pause. Anybody watch uh, news this week? Did anybody watch maybe on Instagram? You watch the reel, maybe however you get your news. Anybody see the story about the guy who got up and he said that Allah... That Israel would face the wrath of Allah. Did anyone see that? Anyone see that? Right after he said it, he dropped dead. That just happened. That just happened. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to, to celebrate his death because he went into eternity without Jesus. So he's in hell. But what I am celebrating is that the king is still on the throne and his kingdom will have no end. He will reign forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And the stage might end, but his kingdom will never end. And so the one who thought he had the mic met face to face the one who has the power. And so when you bless Israel, you get a blessing from God. When you curse Israel, you get a curse from God. Those are his chosen people. And, and so we were reminded this week, if you haven't, go back and watch it. And he's doing the speech and everyone's like this. And then he's like, da, 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 and, and Israel will face the almighty power of Allah. And then he's like, and he drops dead. Dead. The last thing he said, he drops dead. Now, now why? Because Jesus fulfilled the Davidic covenant. Israel's home, home base. He said he would sit and he would rule and he would reign on the throne of Israel forever and ever and ever. Y'all with me? So now we're up to speed. So now all of a sudden the angel says to Mary, this is all going to happen. And Mary, she, imagine her mind. She's been waiting for the Messiah to come, the anointed one, Christ to come. It wasn't like Jesus Christ and Christ is his last name. It wasn't like Christ was Mary's last name. No, Jesus is going to come and he's going to be the Christ, the anointed one, the chosen one. He is going to be God in the flesh, God with us. Emmanuel. And the government's going to be on his shoulder. It's a really big deal, Mary. And, the, and one more thing I want you to know. It's not you and uh, Joseph. It's you and the Holy Spirit. But the same God who could... Work in the womb in the Old Testament of someone really, really old. Work in the womb of someone in the New Testament who's really, really old. It's the same God who can do the miracle to work in her womb and to put baby Jesus inside. Isn't that cool? So Mary receives this word and her response is, I believe. I believe. May everything you said be done. According to your word, I believe. And then you know what she does? She gets her stuff together and she hustles 60 miles south to go see her cousin Elizabeth. 60 miles. Now back then, they didn't drive Teslas. They didn't put the address in and hit go and let go of the steering wheel. and watch. It's pretty cool. And it, it, no, no, no. It was a long journey. So back then, when you went on a journey like that, you would stay for a while. Can you imagine? <laughs> In-laws showing up, you're like, here goes six months. No, I mean, can you, can you, I'm just joking. No in-laws laughed. That's okay. It's the bad in-laws. Y'all are not the bad in-laws. So here's Mary, and Mary's like, all right, let's go. And she hurries, and she's excited, and she's like, my goodness. Now, the angel had told her, your cousin is pregnant. 
She's six months into her pregnancy. Now, Mary isn't living with Joseph. Okay? Because in Jewish wedding and culture, she was espoused, or like what we would say engaged, but, but they, they, they were not, it was considered different than our engagements here. It was heavier. It was heavier. But it was without sexual relationship. So she's not in his house. So she gets her stuff together and she heads to her cousin's house. And this is where we're going to pick up. Let's go there right now. Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. This is such a great story. Mary's going to visit her cousin Elizabeth. Now, what was the last thing Mary heard? She's pregnant. The Holy Ghost going to come upon her and shadow, overshadow over her. And she's headed. And when she arrives at her cousin's house, let's pick up. Let's go verse, uh, let's say verse 39. A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea. To the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. Who's Elizabeth? Her cousin. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child, which was already the the angel gave them the name. You don't get to pick the name. His name will be John. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child, which is John, leaped within her. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Let me stop right there. Mary is walking in. She's like, what's up, Elizabeth? What is going on? Oh, my goodness. Now, Elizabeth is six months in, and Elizabeth is old. So Mary is going to help her. Mary is going to serve her kids. Can you imagine? I don't know. Let's pick a number. What is old? Let's say 100. Can you imagine being 100? He's like, I think I'm going to have another day. I don't know if I get another. And then all of a sudden, angels show up and say, you're going to be pregnant just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you got jokes. And then all of a sudden, you're pregnant. You know? That'd be crazy, right? That's what's happening. She's old. She's old, and Mary's there to help. There's nothing like the ministry of presence. Their family, their cousins. Families ought to be close. I want to declare something today. I received it in my spirit. I declare this over people here today. There are some relationships in your family that the devil has gotten in the middle of. And the devil has divided your family. But I declare to you through the power of the Holy Spirit that God is going to bring you back together. God is going to bring you back closer. It's going to be better. You're going to have a better relationship than you had before. That what the devil meant for Oh, I'm getting ready to preach now. I'm fixing to light a fire. What the devil meant for evil, God meant for good. Jesus always gets the last laugh. God has the final say. And I want to tell you, when someone goes through something, just be there. Don't let it be awkward about, I don't know what to say, and I'm trying to, don't worry about what you say. You showing up is enough said. It's enough said. You just being there. How many have never forgot the people that were there for you when the stuff hit the fan? We don't forget that. How many forgot what they said? But we didn't forget their names. We didn't forget when they came. And Mary shows up, and just by her saying, Elizabeth, I'm here, John jumps. 
Now, John's a baby. John's a human being. John is six months in the womb, but John is a person. He has been formed by the maker of the universe. He is being shaped by the creator. The one that spoke the worlds into existence is shaping John, who would be the voice of the one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. He would be the voice that one day would say, Hey, everybody, that's the Lamb of God. He has come to take away the sin of the world. This is the John. This is the John that would baptize Jesus. This is John who would tell Jesus, I'm not worthy of even taking your dirty, nasty sandals that have stepped in some stuff off. I'm not even worthy to touch that would be the John that would baptize Jesus. And what does John do? John jumps for joy. You know why? Because when you get near Jesus, Jesus will fill you with joy. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. See, the devil, if you're not a Christian here today, if you came into here, you've been religious, and maybe you don't want God, maybe you're confused about God, maybe you're willing to know God, you're just searching, you don't know what's up, who God is, I mean, which one's the right one. Wherever you are on this journey, the devil wants something from you. He wants your soul. He wants your soul. If he gets your soul, he got everything. He doesn't care about your life because he's going to get your eternity. You with me? Now, if you're a Christian, the devil can't get your soul, but he can get your joy. He can get your joy. And your joy is your strength. And where do we get joy? In the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy. When we get in the presence, so no wonder why John jumped. Because the one who was coming in to congratulate her cousin who had just been told that she was, she was with child and now I'm with child. This one is carrying the one. Not one of the ones, but the only one. The eternal one. The everlasting one. The alpha and omega one. The great I am one. She's carrying the one. And the one enters the house. And his cousin, John, recognizes and jumps for joy. I want to ask this question. How's your joy tank? Because this time of year, we'd be driving to go shopping for the people we love. And someone done took our parking spot. Oh, Lord, no, you didn't. Right? You know what I'm talking about? We'd be coming to church. Somebody cut us off. They saw this other vehicle over here, and they, like, sped up. And so you were speeding up, so they sped up more. They cut you off right in front. It's okay when I do it, but don't nobody do it to me. You know what I'm saying? In this season, if we're not careful, we can be so quick to anger. You noticed it? Get around shopping, get around people, and people are impatient, and people are angry. And this season is supposed to be about joy. You with me? Talk to me now. Let's go. I told last gathering that y'all would be alive. So, so, so make me believe. Make me believe. Here we go. <laughs> Mary shows up. John jumps. And Elizabeth, watch this, gave a glad cry. What did John do? He moved. You know what Jesus is supposed to do in us? Move us. Move us to love people. Move us to help people. Move us to forgive people. Move us to serve people. Even people we don't think deserve it so John moves and what does Elizabeth his mom do she speaks up see Jesus Christ in us Christ in us is supposed to get us to move and to speak up 
to announce, to herald, to declare, to go tell it on the mountains that Jesus Christ has come. And what does Elizabeth do? She gives a glad cry, not a sad cry. And she exclaims to Mary, now time out. Rewind. Let's come back over here. Elizabeth's got John. Mary's got Jesus. Now, you know, Jesus, Jesus is going to trump John. One day, John's disciples, you know, we're going to decide, why are, they leaving? Why, are they, why, why are they leaving us? But John knew that he wasn't the one. See, when you know you're not the one, when you know it's not all about you, when you know who the one really is, then you know who you really are. You know who you are, you know who you're not. And you know, I am not, but I know I am. And so, some of y'all catch that tomorrow. And so, so Elizabeth, hearing her cousin's voice, could have been jealous. You ever been jealous? Don't raise your hand. We already know. Right? Because it's hard to hide jealousy. Testify. <laughs> Psalm says that even, that God Almighty makes even the babies to praise him. Yeah, that was a hallelujah. It was like, hallelujah. She could have been jealous. She could be like, man, get yourself out of here. You tripping. You're going to be carrying the Messiah. She could have been all that stuff. And here's how you know you're jealous. Oh, I'm fixing to drop it like it's hot. Here's how you know you're jealous. You know you're jealous when you can't be happy for them. You know you're jealous when you can't celebrate their success. When you can't celebrate their promotion. When you, when you see them, you're like, yeah, but. You know how you get over jealousy? I watched someone recently step off. Step, I, I was like, what? They stepped out right? I was like, what in the world? You ever seen someone step out? they right into jealousy. Jealousy will kill you. Elizabeth could have been jealous because, like, that's Jesus and this is just John. And so I don't want none of that up in here because this is about my pregnancy. But she wasn't jealous. She was celebrating. All right, let's keep reading. All right, let's go. Where are we at? Where are we at? Glad cry. God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother, watch this, of my, what's the word? Notice mother is in capitalized, Lord is. Elizabeth wasn't worshiping Mary. Somewhere along the lines, we were told to worship Mary. And I respect Mary. You know why I respect Mary? Because she was chosen out of all the women of the world to have Jesus. Enough said. You know why I respect Mary? Because she was humble. That was her number one character quality. Humility. You know why I respect Mary? We'll talk about it later. But her heart, her heart was saturated in the word of God. I respect her. But notice her cousin didn't worship her. Her cousin was like, hey, you're going to be blessed. But you are carrying my Lord. Notice she realized her own need for a Lord and a Savior. And it happened to be my cousin's son. Keep reading. Why am I so honored, she said, that the mother of my Lord should visit me when I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed, watch this, because you, Mary, you believed the Lord would do what he said. Do you believe the Lord? When you read the Bible and you're like, yeah, well, that doesn't, well, God didn't do that, so that's not for me. Do you believe? Do you take God at his word? Mary believed. Now, Sarah what? Laughed. Elizabeth, 
or not Elizabeth, Zechariah what? Doubted, but Mary what? Mary believed. See, believing God, that's how you know you're spiritual. You don't know you're spiritual because you go to church. You'll know you're spiritual because you got 17 Bibles. And they're all different translations. You don't know you're spiritual because you got a whole bunch of Beth Moore studies. And I love Beth Moore. I'm not knocking Beth Moore. I'm just saying. You're not necessarily even spiritual just because you look spiritual. That's my point. Now, you hang around Beth Moore, she's going to take you to Jesus. But my point is this. You're spiritual when you believe the Lord. Abraham believed God. Mary, watch this. She, what did she do? She believed God. Now we get into the magnificent. In the Latin, that's the first word. In the Latin translation, that's the first word. That's where we get this. This is a song now that Mary's going to sing. And it's significant because it goes all the way back to the Old Testament. And her song is actually, it kind of ebbs and it flows. It follows the pattern of someone named Hannah, who in 2 Samuel chapter 2, 1 through 10, Hannah couldn't conceive. She couldn't have a child. Her husband had another wife and she was popping them out left and right. And she was making fun of Hannah. And Hannah went to God and she cried the ugliest night. Like, oh, Jesus. You know, and she cried out. And God heard that cry. Sometimes the best thing you can do when everything's falling apart is have an ugly cry. But not a pity party, but an ugly cry to the most high. Get in that closet. Shut that door when no one can see, no one can hear. And pour your heart out to God. And that's what Hannah did. Hannah poured her heart out to God, and God heard her. And God answered. And then what does Hannah, Hannah re, how does she respond? She responds with a prayer. And Mary was aware of Hannah's prayer. Now let's read Mary's song. Let's read this. She goes into praise. Mary responded, oh, how my soul praises the Lord. When was the last time your soul praised the Lord? You know, it's one thing like with the mouth when we're hearing the words are on the screen. We're like, we're singing something. But it's another thing when you're not in church. It's another thing when you're in the shower. It's another thing when you're walking the dog. It's another thing when you're like at work. It's another thing when, 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 when you're just like, man, everything fell apart, and you're like, that's all right. I don't care. I'm going to praise God anyways. Praise him anyways. He didn't change. He's still worthy. He didn't lose power. He's still strong. He's not weak. He's still able to do more than anything you can ask, think, or imagine. And so what does she do? Her soul praises the Lord. She says, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in him, my Savior. Now she's saying that the one in her would be the one to deliver her. She would deliver him, but he would deliver her. She calls him her savior because she knew the Bible. She knew the Old Testament. She knew the law. She knew Psalms. She knew the prophets. She knew it so much that there's over 15 references connected to the law, Psalms, and all the prophets. You know what Mary does in her song? She sings Bible. She sings sings scripture. She sings Torah. She sings prophecies. She sings David's songs. And she mixes it. It's a remix. And now it's hers. And now we're like, look at her. But if you didn't know, if you didn't know, all through, all through Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, all through Psalms, and all through the prophets, She takes portions of the word of God and mixes it in for the magnificent. 
Here it is. And here's what she says. Watch this. He took, low, he took notice of this lowly servant girl. See, you'll see humility all through Mary. He took note. You know what? God takes notice of you. That's where we ended last week. God sees you. I prayed, and right at the end of my prayer, God was like, tell, tell him I see him. I didn't know who it was, and tears started coming because God squeezed my heart. When God squeezes your heart, if tears don't flow, you know, there, there, there will be time. There will be time. For me, everyone's different. For me, sometimes when I fast, I get closer to God. The tears seem to come more. He took notice of this lowly servant girl, and from now on, all generations will call me blessed. Now, she's not being proud here. See, here's what pride would do. Pride would say, look at me, and she doesn't say, look at me. She says, look at God. Look at the mercy of God. Look at the grace of God. Look at the Son of God. Look at the Messiah, the promised one of God. She points to God. She never points to herself. She never receives worship, and she never demands worship. And she's not proud because pride, here's what pride would do. Pride would refuse to use your gift for God. Or pride would think that the gift that God gave you is because of you. And she doesn't do either one of those. But what she does do is she had submitted to God and returns thanks and praise to God for the gift of God. But Mary knows it's not about Mary. There are people all over the world that think it's about Mary. It's about Jesus. Even her cousin Elizabeth says, man, my Lord's in you. Now watch. Track on. Watch this. For the mighty one is holy. He's done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. Do you fear the Lord? Proverbs 1.7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fear of the Lord. And she says, she says this, he's been faithful from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He scattered the proud and the haughty ones. He brought down princes from their thrones. He exalted the humble. That's Luke's theme. He begins in Luke's, Luke 1 with the, the truth that God, God resists the proud. Peter says that later. In his book, but Luke shows us that God is constantly against the proud and God is always elevating the humble. Why is pride such a horrible thing? Because we're never more like the devil than when we're proud. We're never more like Satan. Satan said, one day I will ascend. I will lift up myself. I will be like God. We're never more proud than when we're trying to lift ourselves up. And we're, we're never more humble than when we're like Jesus. And, and she's right there being humble. And then she says this. She says, watch this. He's filled the hungry with good things. He sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped this servant. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he made this promise to our ancestors. That is a reference to Genesis chapter 18. Where God told Abraham, I promise you that your seed will prosper. Watch this. To Abraham and his children forever. He made that promise and he made it forever. Now, the last verse I'm going to read. Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three months and then went back to her own home. Two thoughts and we're out. First thought, number one. Here's the first thought. That song 
But here we have the incarnation. She's been given the greatest gift, the gift to the world. The, the savior of the world is in her. And now Mary, she's pondered these things in her heart. She's serving Elizabeth, who's there six months. Mary's going to stay there three months. She's going to be there when John is born. She's helping. She's serving. She's humble. And she sings a song filled with the word of God. You know how to know what's in someone's heart? Listen to the words that come out of their mouth. Not too long ago, I was with someone and the words of their mouth wasn't matching. And they say, well, I was angry. I didn't mean it. No, you really meant it. That's why you said it when you're angry. You know what I'm saying? How many of y'all ever, we've, we've all done this, so this is not about shame, but it's just true. How many of us ever said something and we're like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it. And that was really an excuse because the truth is we got mad enough to say what we thought for a long time. <laughs> y'all leaving me today alone. I appreciate y'all. Happy birthday to me. You done it before? You ever said something you wish you could take it back? As soon as it came out, you were like, because it went in their ears and went down their heart, and they're not going to forget it. You know what I'm talking about? Watch this. Mary responds. And what response comes out of her? Scripture. Scripture. Now, now, watch this. Remember, the angel told her. These two tie in together, one and two. The angel told her. She gets her stuff together. In a couple days, she runs out to go see her cousin. And as she's running out the door... To get there, she got at least 60 miles to go. She's thinking, oh my goodness, how am I going to tell people? Oh my goodness, how am I going to tell people? And she doesn't but walk in the door and through the Holy Spirit coming upon her cousin, who also, Mary was just told, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and he will, the power of the Almighty One will overshadow you. She's like, how do I even, how, how do I, this is crazy. She's thinking about this on her trip and she doesn't get in the front door and her cousin already says, I know you're having a baby. I know it's Jesus who is my Lord? How, how, how can the mother of my Lord and Savior come visit me? I'm so you are blessed and highly favored. So Elizabeth's confession before Mary could tell what the angel had told her only proved to Mary that the angel wasn't cray cray. That the angel wasn't stupid. That what the angel said would come to pass. You with me? But there's something bigger than that. Because when she responds with scripture and putting the song together all from the word of God. We find out where her heart had been marinating. We find out where Mary had been marinating. And my question is. What's your heart? What is my heart marinating in? What are we marinating our heart with? Is it in this season where it's just like materialism? If we get, 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 we can just be happy? And it's actually sometimes seems to be the opposite, doesn't it? You ever, you ever watch all those toys that Santa Claus brought? You ever, you ever watch your kids and they, they're so excited? I love that. Isn't that an awesome moment? I love it, I love it. And they're ripping through and they go through and they go through. And it's like they don't even know what they got because it's just ripping the paper. And then they play longer with the box than with the toys. Anyone ever been there? See, even as adults, we can get like that too, where it's just like, ah, 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 ah. give me, give me, give me, give me, consume, 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 me, 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 me. And then we're left, why am I so empty? Why am I so depressed? Because you made it all about Now, I'm not trying to be ugly, but we marinate our hearts in different things. And what you, what, what, what you marinate your heart in 
your mouth is going to tell on you. People say, like, ooh, they're just angry. They're angry. That's angry. Man, that person's just jealous. Ooh, so jealous. That person's got a foul mouth, man. I swear they said this word so many times. They just, oh, God bless you. Go balls. And, and so, see, it's spiritual to me. It's spiritual. Um, what's in your heart comes out. The things you love come out. Mary's love for God's word. She had marinated her heart and her mind in the word of God. And when, when her cousin tells her, I already know before you tell me, I know that you know that somehow you know that he knows that he saw you and he's in you and the whole world's going to know. But right now it's just us two. This is crazy. We know it. Crazy. That's the first thing. Second thing, this is where I end. Mary leaves. That's the last verse, verse 56. Of this segment in Luke 1. And now Mary's got to take the trip all the way home. Watch, watch, watch. This is really cool. I know it's hot. Trust me. I'm losing weight as I speak. Watch this. You ever considered that, well, Mary is going back home to her fiance. She's trying to figure out how do I tell him. Because she found out she's pregnant. She leaves. And by reading and comparing and putting scripture together, at this point, Joseph don't know. And Mary don't know how she's going to tell him. And so she's thinking, what do I say? How do I tell him? And she's got a long trip. How many of you ever think on a trip? Mm-hmm. How many get more work done on a trip? Because you like your mind is clear. You're like, oh, I'm away from work and I'm just, I'm getting all kinds of stuff done. And Mary's thinking, how do I tell him? What do I do? And she's wrestling with all this in her heart. Now watch, watch it. Let's do the math. We out. Watch this. We're going to find out Christmas Eve that she's going to say, Joe, I get, she's got some crazy tell you. It's because she's ready. Sit down, honey. Um, you want some eggnog? Let me, uh, let, me, let me put something in this eggnog. This one's going to be crazy. Hang on. Oh, let me get two. Here we go. Come here. Let me uh, here, here, no, drink this before I tell you. This is really crazy. And, um, and Joseph is going to find out and imagine what Joseph thinks. She's been gone for three months. She's been shacking up for three months. Yeah, you say you're going to your cousin's house. And cousin, what's his name? Was it your cousin? I mean, who? He, he's going to think, yeah, uh-huh. No, no, no. I know what you did last summer. Uh, yeah, three months? Really? I'm, so, I'm going to put you away quietly. I'm not going to let him stone you. But I'm so disgusted by your behavior. Now let's think about her behavior. She was serving her cousin for three months, old and pregnant and feeble and weak and weary and tired. And body pillows not invented yet, so it sucked. <laughs> and she was serving her and helping her. Do you need another sweet tea? Let me get your eggs. What do you need? You need ice. And she was there when John was born. And she goes back and she is still highly favored among all women. Chosen by God. The Son of God is in her. The Holy Spirit had come upon her. And the Mighty One is overshadowing her. And Mary gets judged. Don't let what they think about you. You know who you are. Don't let what they say about you. You know who you are. Don't let the gasp, oh, I 
Don't let the whispers. Don't let the backstabbing, the conniving, the gossip. Don't let it get to you. Because you know who you are. You know where you've been. And you know where you're headed. Jesus is coming. And sometimes it takes an act of God and a miracle to get them up to speed. Doesn't mean you got to slow down. Let's pray. Jesus, I love you today. We love you today. We worship you in spirit. We worship you in truth. There's nobody like you, King Jesus. Oh God, we are blessed because you came. So one day we could come. God, you came so we could be delivered. And I pray for people here today. Lord, whatever part of this message you spoke to them, God, would you drive it deep into our souls? God, as Christians, would you bring us back our joy? For joy comes in the morning. And in your presence, there's fullness of joy. And the joy of the Lord is my strength. So God, help us to get in your presence so we can receive the greatest present because you, Jesus, come in the stillness. You come in the quietness. You come in the loneliness. You come to us, Jesus. Would you let our joy return? I'm curious today, how many of you need your joy back? How many need your joy back? Come on, can we just get honest real today? Come on. We pack like sardines in this room. Come on, Navar. How about it? Time to get on. Come on. Let's go, Blackwater. You're watching online today. Can you get real? You got to get real to heal. Sometimes you got to reveal to be real to heal. How many say, I've lost my joy? Hold that hand up. Hold that hand up. I've lost my joy. Oh, I lost my joy. Now hold your other hand up because now we're going from confession to praise. Put your other hand up in the air because now you're declaring it's coming back. And you're going to have so much joy. You don't need one hand. You're going to need both hands. You're going to need arms spread wide open because the joy of the Lord is your strength and it's coming back. Someone go tell the devil it's coming back. It's coming back. Your joy is coming back. So let every one of us who know Jesus leap with joy because Jesus has come. And then if you're here today and you're not a Christian, you think you're a Christian because you go to church. That don't, that don't make you a Christian. It makes you religious. But religion is the devil's game. Thank you all. You can put your hands down. Religion is the devil's game. Religion will tell you this. It don't matter how you get there. Just don't be late. That's religion. Religion will tell you there's many roads there. It doesn't matter. Figure it out. No, there's only one God. His name's Jesus. There's only one way. Only one truth. There's only one life. And, and many people, many people will know about Jesus but not know him. Denzel Washington walked in this room. I've watched his movies. I know a lot about Denzel Washington, but Denzel wouldn't know me. It's one thing to know about someone. It's another thing to have a relationship with them. And I wonder how many people here, you just know about Jesus. You, you dipped your toes in enough to claim that you're religious. But you are lost. You're lost. You're lost. Maybe you put your faith in a denomination. You put your faith in a church. If you put your faith anywhere but Jesus, 
you're mistaken and lost. But Jesus loves you so much, loves us so much, that Jesus came and Jesus bled and Jesus died. He was crucified, he was buried, and he rose again. And he came because he is for you. He's for you, not against you. But I'm telling you, you have this life. As long as you're breathing, you have an opportunity to call on Jesus. Once you die, it's over. Once you die, you go to hell. When you go to hell, there's no breakfast served in hell. No Captain Crunch, no French toast. There's no exits, no Gatorade, no timeouts, and no mulligans in hell. Your fate is sealed. And yet Jesus did everything he could do to reach you. Heaven bankrupted. The Son of God came. The Son of God, perfect life, perfect death, perfect resurrection, defeating death, hell, and the grave. Can't find his bones in the grave because he's alive. Jesus is alive. And he wants to make you alive. But your sin has you trapped. Your sin has pulled you out. Every day I get a briefing of the water, the gulf, the riptides, rip currents. The rip current of sin has pulled you so far away. And yet he is right there. And if you will look to Jesus, if you will confess with your mouth that you're a sinner and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you, my friend, will be just as saved as this preacher. And I'm telling you, the time's getting short. You can't say I didn't tell you. The time's getting short. The time's getting short. People die every day. I've done funerals with all kinds of sizes of coffins. No one ever knew that death was coming. We knew eventually. But no one ever knew the day ahead of time. And I'm telling you, you step out into eternity without Jesus, you'll get eternity without Jesus. But here's the good news. If you'll humble yourself and if you ask him to do for you that you can never do for yourself, to forgive you of your sins, to make you right with God, he'll do it. And he'll come in and he will change you from the inside out. It won't be easy. It may be harder, but it will be worth it. And I'm speaking to people here today in the, in the power, through the power of the Holy Spirit of the living God. I'm speaking to people today. You came in here. You were invited. This is your first time. Or maybe you've come for a while. Maybe you've never been to church. Maybe it's been 20 years since you've come back to church. But this is the love of God calling you right now. Ten minutes after 11, the love of God is pursuing you. What will you do? If you will accept it, if you will believe, then let me lead you in a sinner's prayer. You're not going to pray to me. You're not going to go through me. I just got the mic. I want to lead you to Jesus. Would you pray with me? in church, let's pray it out loud. Would you say, Jesus, I am a sinner. I am guilty. And I know it. And I'm needy. I need you to fix me, to heal me, to forgive me from all my sins. I don't want sin to hold me. I don't want sin to have me. I want to be yours. So right now, Jesus, I declare that you are the Lord. And I make you my Lord. I declare you're the Savior. And I receive you as my Savior. I give you my life. And I now receive your life. Teach me how to live. Oh, in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Look up, look up, look up. Church, look up, Navarre. Blackwater, look up. Online, open your eyes, look here. Today, people are getting saved. Today, people are coming to Christ. God's already told me. The Holy Spirit's going to give them the courage to put your hand up. As Christians, we're going to clap. We're going to celebrate. Not a cute little golf clap. We're not doing that. We're like death to life. Like someone just missed getting trucked. Like someone who may die a month from now found Jesus and they'll be in heaven in a month, not hell. That's how we're going to clap. We're going to clap like we believe what we say we believe in. We're going to clap like, come on, King Jesus. If you're here and you prayed that prayer for the first time or you prayed and you're like, I meant it this time. I want your hand to go whoop, up in the air. We're not going to judge you. We're not, we're not going to ask you to say anything. We're going to clap. We're going to give you a gift. There are resources in that gift to help you because this is a starting point. It's not the finish line. That's the starting point. And for some of you, it began today. Let's go. You were born into the family of God. The angels in heaven are celebrating, man. High fives, chest bumps, good music. And I believe with all my heart, bluebell ice cream. Heaven is partying right now because of you. So don't be shy. You hold the hand up high on the count of three. One, two, three. Right now, shoot it up. Let's go. God bless you. Hold it up. God bless you. Come on. Come on, church. Come on, church. Let's go, Navarre. Hold that up. Come on, Blackwater. Come on. Let us know online. Let us know in the chat. So incredible. Thank you, Jesus. What it's all about. What it's all about.